Internet Spotters, welcome to the program. I'm your host, Kyle Lira, and today we have another lovely episode for you. Red Spotlight number 75. The sun's coming down and the upside down. With me, I have Alexis Soto with me and Peter Martinez. And today we have a little... Uh, Little message from Alexis Soto, and then we also have uh, Thor Ragnarok. We just saw Thor Ragnarok, and we're gonna review that. And then a little bit of a Stranger Things too, coming at you with an all spoilers discussion, following up from uh, the Nettie and Eric uh, co-hosted podcast that you guys did. Uh, so. Without further ado, here's Red Spotlight number 75, The Sun Will Go Down in the Upside Down. We here would like to address the ongoing allegations made by uh, Kevin Spacey. We feel that we should respond uh, promptly to what is happening, considering that Peter and I are avid uh, fans of uh, his show House of Cards and many of uh, Spacey's yeah. work in film and television. And we feel it is necessary for us to address it, considering how much we've talked about him and House of Cards on the show. And uh, speaking for me, um, I can't say how how disgusted and horrified I am by what has come to light and the the many allegations that have been made have, are honestly rather <clears throat> horrific in terms and especially this has been uh all of the accounts can add up to the fact that he is a uh, sexual predator and that has been pretty much his motto throughout most of his life even adding up to the recent news that apparently he harassed and assaulted many people on the set of House of Cards, which is disheartening and disappointing all around. And, I, and speaking on, on behalf of myself, uh, as someone who used to respect and admire this, uh, this man, that um, in no uncertain terms, what he did is an inexcusable, unforgivable, and should be condemned at all costs. And more people... Now is the time, as we discussed earlier, to step forward. We need to cleanse ourselves, and we need to cleanse everything of this. I, it is incredible and really disappointing and sad, really, that we keep having to hear things like this. And as someone who really, really liked that actor, I can't stand by and abide by that kind of behavior. It is unacceptable and what is being what is happening to him is the bare minimum of what he deserves uh, for what the pain that he caused many, many people. And in regards to the situation with House of Cards, as of the moment, he has been fired by Netflix. Um, they have completely removed him. Spacey obviously has been dropped by his agent and agency. And uh, even the film that he had coming out this year uh, in the Ridley Scott, uh, All the Money in the World uh, they had uh -huh. they had planned an Oscar campaign for for Spacey, and that's all out the window. And it might even hurt the film at this point. Uh, so, but as far as House of Cards is concerned, uh, it's it would appear as if there are uh, initial discussions about how to progress without Kevin Spacey. 
And to quickly address that, um, I just simply am happy for the cast and crew because I think it would have been probably an added injury to insult to fire the people who were harassed and assaulted by Spacey himself in addition to what's happening. And as far uh-huh. as the whole indication about how to move on without your main character, I would probably argue that Robin Wright has been a co-lead of the series at the very least in season three and four and five. So I think it is possible. The fact that they only recorded or shot two episodes of the last season, um, there's, there's room to close it out. Uh, that's where that, that's where I fall. I, I'm personally just happy for the people on the show that get to continue and at least at the very least they get a chance to finish what they wanted to do. Not in the way that they wanted to, apparently, but I'm just happy that they didn't lose their jobs all at once because of one person's actions, which I think. Yeah. So, well, I mean, I, yeah, go ahead, Peter. They still lost their jobs because oh, they yeah. canceled the show. Well, I, I don't know. Yeah, they, they're just not I, losing I, I them as quick as they. But th- even if that is the case, mm-hmm. that's still better than just losing it all it at once. It is better than just like stop, stopping, uh, just scrapping everything. Um, uh, I agree with you on everything you said, and I won't even get into the whole. <clears throat> Kevin Spacey allegations things because I think you laid it out very well and I'll just leave it at I agree with you completely um, but when it comes to the show just talking narratively maybe they can salvage it I'm not exactly hopeful um, I'll just say I'm not I'm not holding my breath for this last season it's, it's well, kind of yeah, it's a mess. It's, it's, a, it's a huge it's, mess. It's a mess completely, and they had several options. But here's the, this is the reality that we're dealing with. But I know that you said before that when it appeared as if the sixth season was mostly finished and mm-hmm. that it would be released with Spacey in the lead, you yourself said, well, I don't know if I'm going to watch it because if I watch it, wouldn't I there be supporting Kevin Spacey Yeah, when it was released? Mm-hmm. And now that he's not going to be in the show – doesn't that kind of, well, now you can't watch it without having to feel guilty or supporting space because they did rid themselves of him. True. I, under, I, I understand your frustrations, though, mm-hmm. because they were going somewhere and they can't finish that. I it's, just, for, it's, it's just a shitty thing all around. Yeah, so it is. But I, I do believe, though, in Robin Wright, and I do think that her character can carry the show in some way. I guess at the end of the day, it's just a show. It is, like yeah. like people's lives are more important. So like, right. oh, I'm not yeah. going to get the correct conclusion I wanted for my show. How terrible. Like, no, like it, it's nothing compared to people's lives. He basically ruined. ruined. Like it's, yeah. it's so it's like, yeah, that's like that has its own issues. But at the end of the day, who who, who kind of cares? In, in the grand scheme of everything, so. right, right. The the important thing is that people who um, are speaking out are speaking out, and that they should continue to. Mm-hmm. And we will continue to cover this with who's next uh, on the chopping um, block. There's already inklings of people yeah. who might be next. So yeah, yeah. And I think it's important that we don't we, we don't ignore this. And I think uh, yeah. for for Peter and I specifically, we yeah. have we have to address this because you, you just can't ignore this. And obviously, it's going to be a developing issue going forward. Um, 
And yeah, I mean, you couldn't have Spacey back on that set, especially after the news broke that he assaulted people yeah, on there. You that, couldn't. At that point, it's like not even. It's no, not an option. It's not an option at all. No. So, yeah, I don't know how you feel about it, Kyle, if you want to jump in on this quickly. I think it is. I think it is uh, very terrible that uh, of what uh, Spacey has done. I it is uh, a lot of people's lives. You, you guys nailed it right on the head. Uh, it is very terrible of what he did. And he uh, he did ruin a lot of lives. And that is uh, that is something that should be rewarded by letting him continue on to House of Cards or anything else. Um, and that kind of behavior should be uh, reprimanded. And uh, and it looks like that's being the case. You know, I, I think Hollywood is quickly learning. Um, and that is uh, hopefully. And that is, hopefully and that it is. is re- and that is really good because, you know, you hear uh, all these uh, all these, uh, you know, people from Hollywood are getting like they people are coming forward now and telling their story about <clears throat> who who assaulted who and uh, and Spacey and the whole Weinstein thing and recently developed uh, Dustin Hoffman. Uh, just uh, just stuff like that is uh, We've heard stories about Brian Singer. Yeah. And at the center of all this seems to be Mr. Seth MacFarlane. He seems to know more than anybody else does. Yeah, I'll let's be honest. just ask him Seth everything. Seth MacFarlane's kind of pissing me off because it's like, you obviously know the dirt on everyone in Hollywood. Just watch Family Guy. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, you're able to, to make jokes about it and exploit it on your television show, but you're not able to come forward and be like, yeah this this the, these are the guys this is the shit i know like because i think we, we mentioned this before this whole thing of like even if you didn't do anything in hollywood all these people come forward and it's like oh yeah there have been stories about them for years and it's like oh that's great so all of you knew and you just kind of went about your day i mean to name examples there's rosie o'donnell jane fonda quentin tarantino among few who have come forward saying they knew and they're yeah. sorry i mean is sorry good enough it's not good no. enough. No, it's. I mean, there's an argument to to be made. They should be blackballed as well for not speaking up. But then again, everybody apparently knew. Like, like at what point is it? Are we going to purge everybody in Hollywood? Yeah, might as well fire everybody in Hollywood. You know, for something like that. It doesn't excuse the behavior at all. Um, not very <laughs> not Tom Hanks. Yeah. What are you talking about? Not Tom Hanks. He's like Mr. Nice Guy, so you can't purge him. Oh, oh hell no. I'm, I'm, did, I'm you get, did you get scared? Were you like, do you know something I don't? <laughs> I was like, I don't know. Honestly, I think that would have killed you. if the, that, ooh. that would kill me too. I love Tom Hanks, man. That's the thing, though. It's like, for me, the reason why this hit me on such an emotional level is because, you know, I am an optimist and I do like to believe in, in, in humanity and people's better better angels, but it just seems to me that, especially in this week, there's very little good out there, and it's just one after the other, where it's like, what world am I living in? It's not what I thought it was, and it's actually as dirty and and disgusting as it actually was believed to be, and uh, it's, it's disheartening to say the least. I do want to say, Peter, very quickly, um, bad timing for Ridley Scott. Um, yeah, um, poor Ridley, because that was going to be an Oscar contender. I don't know how big of an Oscar contender, but 
Um, that was a movie that did interest me, but I will say it interested me in large part because Kevin Spacey was in that movie. But I guess at the end of the day, as uh, Peter said a couple a couple days ago, that maybe you know there is going to be this ongoing issue, especially now, about separating the artist from the art and how we can you know if there's any reconcilable uh, anything to reconcile, if you're even capable of that. Um, and yeah, it's difficult. Yeah, and and it's like it's it that that can be its own like fifty hour discussion, but it it, it can. Are you still yeah. gonna watch the, the all the money in the world? Because I mean, it is Ridley's movie. Like, can you imagine what, yeah. what, what position he's in? It's like it's it's difficult. Um, but yeah, for sure, that movie's getting nothing. It's our it's damn. Yeah, I'll leave it at that. Me too. Uh, Pete. Okay. Um, my final notes is, yeah, everything is, uh, everything is bad. Everything uh, is right not now. awesome. Everything is not awesome. Yes. <laughs> um, it's just, uh, for those who are still, uh, uh, want to come forward and that, you know, you don't have to be a celebrity or anything like that. You, for those who are victimized by anything, please come forward and, uh, and get it out in the open because did you see how Alec Baldwin was trying to get ahead of it? <laughs> oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> what was that? He outed himself for once. It's like, Oh, um, if, by the way, if I was sexist toward people, I'm sorry. I'm just saying this right now. <laughs> <laughs> But what man? But wasn't he the one that like um he would get he had sort of a drinking problem too. Yeah. So he's probably like I had to have done something at some point. I don't even remember. So uh I'm getting ahead of it right now. Um but just the fact that someone A-list, I would consider Alec Baldwin pretty A-list. Um at least even at the very least higher tier B. Um they're so scared that Alec they, Baldwin they is a respected to, actor, but then again, so is Kevin Spacey. But that's my point. Five yeah. years ago, this came out. I don't think Kevin Spacey's career would be over. I, I Today, think, uh, it, yeah, it, a, it would be. It's a career under because of how uh, social media has evolved. It's like I, I kept saying this: um, if 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 uh, if the molestation charges against Michael Jackson came out in this time, he would have been done and over with. But he wasn't. Mm-hmm. Michael Jackson eventually overcame that. Continued. So. Um. Yeah. There's a a lot of a lot of injustice. Speaking of uh, molestation charges, what's the next thing we we're talking about? (laughs) What a great segue, (laughs) Peter. Uh, Guys, we just saw the 17th uh, film in the Marvel franchise, and it's called called, uh, Thor Ragnarok. It's directed by Taika Waititi, and uh, it's a movie about Thor versus Hela, also known as the God of Death. The Goddess of Death. The Goddess goddess of Death. death. Um, And, uh, yeah, we're here to tell you what we think, because what else? I... Alexis, I have not heard your thoughts. I'm not on... starting this thing off. It's not going to be me. I'm... Why? Why no, not? Why not? No, why not? Uh, uh, are you are you assuming that we're going to make some sort of jokes? <laughs> he walked away. Oh my god, he walked away from this. All right, I'll start it off, guys. 
Um, I thought that Thor Ragnarok was a good movie. I think it had a lot of laughs. I think it had a lot of uh, charm to it, a lot of wit. Um, yes, it is uh, predictable, and some of the um, some of the way that things go is uh, becoming the standard Marvel formula. But at this point. Because the Marvel formula has been working uh, for them so good, why change it? Um, and uh, I think that Taika Waititi is uh, is good. I think he, he did a great job. Uh, I, I, his name is the rock monster that he plays is Korg, I think. Uh, and I think that he was a he was a standout character. Um, and I think that Chris Hemsworth is definitely proving not only his, like, uh, his, uh, his kind of action, you know, being a superhero chops, but I think he's proving his comedy chops as well. Um, I think Kate Blanchett was fantastic. I think uh, a lot of people were fantastic. Tom Hiddleston, of course, was fantastic. Everything about this movie was fantastic. Uh, if you have not seen Thor Ragnarok yet, go see it, uh, because quite frankly, there's nothing else good on right now. And uh, Alexis, um, I uh, excuse me. Blade Runner twenty forty nine is still in theaters, and if you have a chance to check that out, go check it out if it's still playing at your theater. Okay, if you okay, if there was uh, you only had uh, here, uh, our tickets cost nine bucks. So if you had uh, nine bucks in your pocket, only nine bucks to see one or the other film, what would you see, Alexis? Well, obviously Ragnarok right now because it's it's the thing everyone's talking about. You should have asked which is a better film. Well, obviously there's not. That's not the discussion we're getting into. I know. We're we're getting off topic. Go ahead. uh, Go ahead, Alexis. What do you think of the film? Um. I. We are waiting. Interesting interesting choice of words that Kyle used. Mm -hmm. I'll say that. Um, I, th- I I don't know how much. What's that in the corner see- of your screen? Is that a check? Is that the, <laughs> is that the Walt Disney Company? I can't. Why did Why does the hand have a glove? A white glove. <laughs> Here, here's your paycheck. <laughs> of course, I have to begin every review associated with Marvel to clarify that yes, I am paid by Marvel. Um, and Disney, and a lot of people. And apparently Starbucks also pays my bills, too. So mm-hmm. um, I'm a corporatist. Uh, I, Bernie I would have, Sanders would be, dip, be, he would be very disappointed. Right? Yeah, well, he's a loser, so he lost. <laughs> oh, shit. I, I mean, he, uh, he lost because he, he wouldn't call her a bitch. So I'm just going to say, okay, no. Well, no. You, actually. If you want to win, go for that. Well, uh, yeah, it was rigged. It was but, revealed. I mean, it was rigged. It was rigged. To be fair, it was it was kind of rigged. It was pretty but, um, much. <laughs> yeah. Why are we veering off the subject? I don't I'm trying know. To, like, <laughs> Just answer the question. You keep changing the subject. You're afraid. I'm not to say what change, you feel. I, okay. I loved it. I absolutely okay. loved it. I loved this film. And I think I loved it so much more than Kyle. Obviously, mm-hmm. uh, I I, I kind of felt a very tepid response because I completely disagree. With this whole notion of fitting in the Marvel formula, because mm-hmm. I because I, I, I just happened to see this again. I, I saw this twice. I think this was a, a bit of a deviation from it because 
This is something that I feel is signature Taika Waititi humor. The humor in this movie, a lot of movies, all Marvel movies have humor. But something about this movie, whether it comes from the humor to the aesthetic to the story to where they go and how the whole movie just moves, there's something of a, of a, of a unique atmosphere to it that's not unlike any other Marvel movie we've seen. Mm-hmm. Um, I do think uh, it is fair to categorize the movie kind of wacky and kooky and uh, different than what we've seen. I certainly think it's different than the other films that we've seen this year from Marvel, Mm -hmm. uh, whether it be Homecoming or or, uh, Guardians 2. And I think that's for the better. Because I got to tell you, though, in general, this movie was, I think, about what I expected it to be. And And in ways, even more so with what it was able to do for certain characters and certain stories. But I just think at the end of the day, this was a solid home run by Taika Waititi. So a complete home run. I think it's a complete home run. I'm not saying that it's not without its faults or its negatives, but I think for what the movie set out to do, and more importantly for what it had to do for certain characters, I think it, it succeeded that. I saw this film twice. I saw it last night with Kyle, and then I saw it early this morning because I had time, and I was like, you know what? Why not? Me too. Mm-hmm. I don't think I've ever felt more conflicted by a Marvel film, and not necessarily, well, kind of in a bad way, but not necessarily. It's, it's difficult for me because honestly... I I can totally agree with both of you. If really? That, if that makes sense. Because wow. I thought the humor was great. I laughed out loud several times. I love that... Because I, I, I don't think they just went with the Marvel formula. In some cases, they did. Specifically with the storyline. Whenever you'd go back to Asgard, I felt that was very... A little bit standard Marvel, but everything else was just so weird and kooky and just off the wall. And you know Different. me, you know me, I love that shit. Yeah. Um, so I was in love with it and I thought the action was great. Um, the, the characters were really well realized, but it walking away both times, I, in a sense, and this is where I kind of um agree with Kyle a bit I felt a bit hollow hmm so it's like I saw it I was like I enjoyed it and then it just kind of left me and I've been really thinking hard about it trying to pinpoint okay why is this happening you know and I can have some thoughts on that you know maybe when we jump into some more spoiler territory to bring up but I it's it's um, it's still a little elusive to me as to why that feeling is there. Um, so yeah, this film was a little difficult. I mean, I like I said, I thought it was great. The directing, the actors were—it was a shit ton of fun. It, it's it's like a throwback, weird, fun space adventure. They, y- you could tell they weren't afraid to just mess with. Um, pre-established 
things within the um the universe itself and within the characters itself but and yeah i'll get more into it with spoilers there just was something there at the end of the day where i walked out and i was like okay i kind of uh, i saw it and then that's it i don't Mm. know i don't know it's and i'm only bringing that up because i saw it twice Mm-hmm. And it's like okay. Well, I, I also saw it twice. Yeah, and I saw it twice because um, usually I, I see every Marvel movie several times. Mm-hmm. Um, but <laughs> ching yeah, ching. Um, I gotta say though, you may be surprised, but I do kind of agree with what you're saying about feeling hollow. Okay. The first time I walked away, I was like, "That was really good," but. Something that I can't pinpoint was missing that I felt when walking out of Guardians 2 and Spider-Man Homecoming. Yeah. And and I think that's why I noticed it. Because mm-hmm. because yeah. Homecoming still stays with me. Um, Guardians 2, I really actually liked the shit out of that film. With each, I love it. I love yeah. both films. I love them. Um and, and I, I, I want to be clear. It's not just because I'm paid. It's yeah. because I, I, really, I really do <laughs> no, think no, both no. of those films Guardians are really good. Guardians 2, I feel, is pretty underrated. Um, it, it, it wasn't even in the top five highest rated comic book films of the year. Ridiculous. Um, and as overrated as Wonder Woman was, and God knows I've gone on end with those issues that Wonder every, Woman has. Every single show. Yeah. Um, I feel like even that film had more staying power than what Ragnarok's giving me and it's well I gotta say I disagree somewhat with that because I yeah. think in my walking away the first time mm-hmm. I felt somewhat like you did mm-hmm. the second time no mm-hmm. the second time I walked away actually the, the, the movie having won me over mm-hmm. because I think kind of the reason why we're feeling that way in part was because Taika did this movie the way he wanted it to do and yeah. I think it is an example of him straying from the traditional for the Marvel formula for the most part. Um, and I think why the movie works so much for me is, yeah, this is, there's a lot of big laughs. And I think we all agree on the laughs. They were, they were great, great. But I think what also worked for me are the emotional moments. I know that there have been reviews where the emotional moments didn't land with people because they mm-hmm. would quickly move on or it would be undone by a joke. But I have to say, on the onset uh, as we dive in slightly into spoilers, mm-hmm. that I think Thor Ragnarok is an amazing success for various reasons. I feel what Ragnarok, um, what Ragnarok did to Thor, the character of Thor, is what Winter Soldier did to the character of Captain America, for many many reasons. Um, I know you haven't seen the After Dark, but I did make that comparison. S- comparison as well, yeah. Because here's, here's, here's what I noticed about what I am walking away with Ragnarok is that Thor is fucking awesome. Yeah. And honestly, I don't think I had that reaction walking out of Thor or the, or the Dark World no. or any of the Avengers films. And I think on that level, it is a, rou- a rousing success. Rousing and corporate success. <laughs> exactly. Um, I'll give you uh, specific examples about what happened for me anyway. And I noticed it from the very beginning. First of all, easily the best Thor film for me mm-hmm. 
And I think easily the best action sequences in a Thor film by far. I'll say I don't like when people say the best Thor film because I I think that should just be like a no duh. Like you you shouldn't even have to say it. Like of course it's better than the first two. Um but the the action scenes were great. Um let's let's the, tie- the, there there was no question about what that uh, mm-hmm. I had more to say but what did you want to Oh, I just wanted to say I think and this might segue a bit into spoilers. The reason two reasons why I think it felt me a little empty was because it's really great in each and every moment, but I don't know if it's great as a co it doesn't come together as a cohesive whole. Hmm. And also I think uh, that this particular story, um, Ragnarok itself didn't suit Taika Waititi. I think he's perfect for a Thor film, but the kind of story that it is, it... It probably wasn't the movie that I think people would have accepted of Ragnarok. But I think but, we accept we accepted that when they got Taika Waititi in the first place. Yeah, but even like, this is why I think it's hard without spoilers. There's certain beats that it hit. They kind of... The emotional, certain emotional bits I think really hit, but I think there's a lot of things that needed to hit in a more epic nature rather than just fun adventure. It needed to be like hit much bigger, I feel. But continue to what you were saying. Well, uh, to the to the examples that I was saying about Thor, the, the, the opening action sequence, here's what I noticed very much. Taika made great use out of that hammer. For however long it lasted, he made great use out of that hammer. And in, in, in such a way that I don't think anybody else that has handled Thor in the movies has done so. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of the same way that the Russo brothers really made Cap use the shield in Winter Soldier in a much more uh, pleasing way to look at. Mm-hmm. Obviously, we have to thank Ghostbusters uh, in some weird way. because Nah, screw them. What really, really counts in this movie, I think for me, the movie begins and ends with Chris Hemsworth's performance as Thor. Mm -hmm. I think for the first time, you're really seeing how good he really is, not just with handling the humor, but every single scene that called for real emotion and authenticity Mm -hmm. was perfect with him. Whether it was that scene with Loki in the elevator or that scene with him and Odin, that worked. And I think it's really interesting to see Yes, we've okay. been. Uh, how we how he just goes back and forth with um, how he goes he goes back and forth completely uh, in some instances of being right, great comedic timing, but then also landing those emotional scenes. Um, I just think in general, though, what I loved about the movie, especially after watching it the second time, I do think in some strange way, it did kind of fulfill what I wanted a third Thor film to do. I think what it did was made Thor more relatable and more of a badass. Mm -hmm. I I thought it was great how they literally deconstructed so many things that we associate from Thor, from his getup to his hair to his hammer. They took all of that away. And I'm happy they did that because I feel like he, 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 he became a better character after that. Well, he certainly became more powerful. I think I feel the the 
the visual of his thunder powers, I feel. And also, I mean, I don't know what it is, but I just felt like when, once they removed those things and we got more to what to his core, and then once he started using that in, in the battlefield, I just felt, I felt for the first time that I connected with this character more so than the other films have with Thor. Well, I think you notice with these, these Marvel films, the ones that really start to work are the ones where they're not afraid to break the status quo. And this one kind of broke a lot of things. For, I mean, we'll get yeah. to it, but Asgard is in ashes. It's, it's not ashes. It is literally... It's dust. It's just decimated. It's dust. And yeah. I, I, look, big balls to Star do that. I think, that. I think that's great. You know, you know what? I'm, like, if I, if I was master of the universe um, and I could control time and everything, if I had the Infinity Gauntlet, um, right. I would change it so that Taika Waititi had Thor 2. Yeah. And I, and yeah. I, th- I think because I think that mainly because what I'm saying is just the the fall of Asgard and stuff like that. I feel like it, it it needed to have a bit more weight. And I think if you had Taika and I still think I would have wanted him for this one. But I think if you would have had him on for the second one, um, he would have really set everything up well right being able to pull in the emotion for what's going on a little bit better as far as the destruction of everything and just the giant ramifications that are going on within the marvel universe sort of the way that um the russo brothers did when it came to um Winter Soldier and Civil War. Yeah. Uh, the, the problem, though, is Thor, Thor 2 didn't do much for, for the franchise. It was just, like, it, it, it really, was a placeholder. It, yeah. it, it, it was a placeholder and it tried to be anything back. more. Yeah. It set it back, um, which is why I'm going to give Taika several points for doing two things. I love how constantly in this movie you see um, Taika kind of making fun of Marvel mm-hmm. in, in their past things. Like, first of all, the sequence when Thor comes back to Asgard and there's, what was it? Matt Damon, Sam Neill and Liam Hemsworth, who were the actors that, that were portraying Odin, Loki and Thor in the play while Loki disguised as Odin. Watching that being recreated with the same score attached as Thor, the dark world I, I just love how everybody, especially in the theater, was just laughing at that. You, there was these moments where they, Marvel making fun of themselves. I just eat that shit up, especially back in, in the in the arena sequence where, and I saw it coming because when Thor is walking toward Hulk, he's like, hey, big guy, the sun's getting real low. I, I burst out laughing. That was hilarious. I mean, wasn't that great? Um. <laughs> that, Let's get to the heart of this, uh, and you can spoil whatever you want because we've been yeah. spoiling it now. Go through this movie. Mm-hmm. What worked for you? What didn't work for you? In particular moments, scenes, characters, storylines, what what have you? Okay. Um, starting off with Thor. Thor was wonderful. Um, I was really afraid. Wait, can I stop you real quick? By the way, I just yeah. uh, I, I forgot to mention. Um, Kyle had to go. Mm-hmm. Um, did, I want to point this out to the audience that there was some kind of emergency happening. So Kyle, at the moment is gone Mm -hmm. for the rest of the show. He may return. He may not, uh, probably we'll see where that goes, but just to be clear, he's, he had to leave. Mm -hmm. That's why you're not hearing him. 
The back of his hairs were kind of messed up, so we had to go get that touched up, get another haircut. Right, right. Um, Continue. I was kind of afraid with Thor when they when they really said they were gonna push the comedy, and I was like, oh, are they gonna make him like some dunce or like a, a court jester, where it's like, haha, Not joke, joke, jokes, and it's like, Not no, they were still, no. they were able to utilize his humor, which it's it's amazing how funny he is because like. Big, yeah. good-looking guys, well-fit. They're usually just not funny. Like it, it's, it's, it, it's, it's usually the opposite of that. Um, but he was able to use utilize his humor really well. But also, they still had those emotional moments. Like, like he he wasn't a clown. Um, he he was still able to pull to to service that wide range of you know, sort of slapstick funny shit going on to my dad died. And it's like, I'm, I'm emotional about it. Um, and, and hit both ranges really well. Right. All credit to Chris Hemsworth though. And yeah. also to, to, to Taika, I think he's written this character the best out of anybody else. Mm-hmm. I feel, um, after that, I would say Hulk. Th- this is one of those things where it's like, um, they're taking chances. Like they broke past the norm where I think a, a typical Marvel movie would be afraid to do this. And this one just wasn't in which they portrayed Hulk as it, just this whole idea of Hulk's been Hulk for two years and he's developed this speech pattern and he's basically developed his own personality separate from Bruce Banner. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to tell you that. I'm going to tell you right now. Mm-hmm. I thought, I didn't think it would work for me. Mm-hmm. I think it worked. Uh, that was great, right? I thought it worked, especially mm-hmm. his back and forth with Thor and the Hulk. Yeah. I thought it was great, man. It was great. It, especially the second time watching it, I was like, okay, man, I'm buying. I'm into this. I'm actually buying it. And apparently this is going to be the storyline going forward for Hulk. Why? For Avengers um, 3 and 4. Yeah. So I'm. Uh, that's, that's got me looking forward to that. Um, and just the whole notion that um Hulk is has become the superstar on this alien planet. Right. And glad, like it's so weird and off the wall and it's just so much fun. Like just people in the crowd holding up signs with his face and Hulk Hulk. And now Hulk. I present to you, you're incredible. And then Hulk. And that's great. And the fact that like Hulk is in this um sort of penthouse with a hot tub and like yeah, <laughs> it's so weird, but it yeah. it, it, it works, and, and I really love that. Um, and I've also missed that character. I think he's yeah. been one of the ones that's been in the background for a lot of these movies. I mean, they handled him great in Avengers. Uh, I liked what they did in Age of Ultron, but it's like we we and we do have to acknowledge this uh, for those of you who listen uh, all the time that uh, Marvel Studios doesn't have the legal authority to make a, a Hulk standalone film. Without Universal, anyway. Yeah, and of course, Disney's not going to allow that. Oh, hell no. <laughs> no. <laughs> I mean, they allowed it with Sony, but Universal is a different thing. Mm-hmm. No, um, so. But it, I think, it, I mean, the thing about this movie is that it worked so much as a Thor movie, but it also worked as a Hulk movie, too. Like, you have, you really do feel like a, this this mashup of Ragnarok meets Planet Hulk. Well, this and I think is it, also the... The most you get out of Bruce Banner. That's true. And I love the Bruce Banner, like this just regular 
nerd, you know, um, guy just just to put him in space. He just wakes up after two years in this alien planet, and he's like, "What the hell is going on?" Like that's so, so interesting to play with that character in that way, and he's definitely different than he has been again with the whole humor aspect but you can kind of buy it because it's like he's just dropped after two years into an alien planet and he's on the run with thor the last (laughs) thing he remembers is sokovia yeah and that was like ages ago dude Mm -hmm. like literally so that's awesome though yeah i love that um even even hulk even thor says why are you acting so weird and, yeah. and Banner's like, well, I mean, I don't know. I've been a monster for two years. Like, you buy it. Yeah. and But also, it, it's... I wouldn't buy it if it wasn't great, but it was great, so I bought yeah. it. And kind of easily, the the biggest laugh that got to me <laughs> was at the end. <laughs> when he... <laughs> he I know what fl- you're talking about. He right. flops like a lifeless... <laughs> onto the rainbow bridge and they do a close-up and he looks like all like like roadkill (laughs) and even the dog like nudges him or the wolf it's like what the hell (laughs) that you really that was the biggest laugh for you that was easily the biggest laugh for me you gotta you gotta tell me because you know one of the things that i really hate about this is that i i really love going with you guys to see and i wasn't there because i obviously Mm -hmm. were two hours apart uh, how how loud was Kyle laughing at that moment? Was um, he laughing that hard or not really? I think I was louder than him at that moment. Um, that's that's unusual. I will throw this out there because it was annoying as shit. Um, of course, Kyle, um, I told him ahead of time, shut the hell up when they play the Star Wars trailer. And I could still hear him murmuring it under his mouth. And he also cried. So... <laughs> What? At the trailer, at the trailer for the last Jedi, <laughs> he's not here. So of course I'm gonna throw that out there real quick. <laughs> um, God damn it! Oh yeah, yeah, Kyle. I'm kind of. Uh, I'm sure. I'm sure he was. Um, wait, say, say it. Oh no, I was gonna move on. So go ahead, say what you're gonna say. I, I was gonna say which another. I'm gonna. I was gonna add another aspect that relates to Kyle and another thing that worked for me. The use of the immigrant song. Oh, was, was Kyle really like? Let me guess. He was singing along or doing something, whatever. Once the movie started, I just kind of put up a block on on my Good. right side. So that's what you have to do with Kyle. You have to. Do. You, you have to. Um, but I think they like it was used at the beginning, and, mm-hmm. and it worked great. And I think it worked great at the end too, in the climax. No, I, I thought the song choice was really great. Plus, it's Led Zeppelin, so it probably costs a lot. So they're like, we're getting our money's worth. We're going to yep. play this twice. But it worked twice. Yeah. Um, also, um, sort of sticking with Thor and the world of Thor, Thor has so many great, awesome, crazy realms and yeah stuff. And I'm really glad that they just sort of start off like Thor is just on an adventure. At you know, Surtur. At Surtur. He's, he's taking on, you know, Surtur, who said to destroy Asgard. And then, you know, it, like, it was just so like, yeah, it worked. It was over the top and it worked because it well, was like it was different and it was new. And it's not one of those things that we've become accustomed to seeing mm-hmm. 
uh, with Marvel Studios, and I think that's in large part because most of the films are centered on Earth. And, and apart from Guardians and Thor, you own, that's the only, the only ones that we see outside of Earth. And to me, it's like, that's what you do when you understand, like, we've established these characters in this world. Now yeah. let's just get weird. Let's get fun with it. Let's branch out and try and shake it up. And like, uh, especially with everything Thor, like for, okay, first of all, well, that was Clancy Brown, right? As yeah. a Surtur. That was great. Mm-hmm. I'm so happy for him. He's getting a lot of work. Um, but that was also a great, great, uh, the, a great interpretation of Surtur. Um, and other things. I really liked the look he had in this movie so much more than the, than the traditional look he had yeah. after. I don't know what it was. Like he looks so much better without the, the long hair. Like honestly, I don't know mm-hmm. what it was, but he just feels. I don't know, but also the cape, the the tattered cape, mm-hmm. that looks so much better like that than the than the long like traditional cape he used to have, doesn't it? Well, I don't I don't know if it looks better, but I just like I like the change of pace. I like I think it looks better, but I also agree with you that a change of pace is nice, and of course the helmet. It pisses which is a big thing for you. It really pisses me off. Because I think a lot of the time, the reason why that original costume doesn't work so well with people is because it, it's not completed without the helmet. I think with the long cape and all of that and the helmet, it's like it looks cool. It looks great. And it's like they have no issue giving Loki his helmet. No, not at all. And I, I don't understand why there's an issue with, with Thor. Well, I mean, this movie finally gave it the helmet in an they extended did. sequence. I mean, for and a little I, I, bit, but for a little bit. But I would love to see that helmet back. And yeah. it looks, I think it looks better with the short hair than the versus the long hair. Yeah, that's my opinion anyway. Um, but you were saying with other things that worked in the movie. Um, <clears throat> well, because we were talking about weirdness. Like I was yeah. just when I saw it the second time, I was just thinking about the climax. Like <laughs> you have an army of undead zombies attacking right. all the Asgardians, while Hulk battles a giant wolf and thor in the water in the water thor shoots lightning at hella and korg and these weird band of misfit slave warriors <laughs> jump out of their ship fighting the undead with loki and scourge has two like ak's that he got from texas and he's mowing down the undead as well and then at the very end, a giant flame monster Surtur destroys their Asgard. And it's like, but, it's just so weird. It's just bonkers. And I love that. That's you love the that shit third I love. act, right? The, oh, yeah. The action I was is the great. Best part of the, that was the best part of the movie for mm-hmm. me. I thought that third act really stuck the landing. I love that third act so much like there's just so many moments that like work from obviously banner falling to the rainbow bridge killed twice <laughs> that big thud like as, especially when the wolf is just like yeah just okay. nudging him like <laughs> <laughs> and then just moves on it's like also as soon as he becomes the hulk and then watching valkyrie's face like mm-hmm. okay also, like Valkyrie and, and Banner was like, I think I know you. I think I know you too. Like that also, that, that back and forth really worked as well. A big like crowd pleasing moment that had people cracking up. Loki making a big dramatic entrance. Your savior <laughs> is here. That Very was great. Very much Loki. Very Wasn't much that, Loki. 
I love that moment. <laughs> Remember, when they, when... <laughs> I, I told you a while ago, I think Infinity War, it, it's Loki's going to make some big sacrifice. It, it I, I think he's going to die and it's going to complete his story. Yeah. Of, um, and I think he's going to die like for his brother. It, it, it's going to. Uh, and I think this movie laid a lot of the groundwork down to mm-hmm. make that happen even more so. But like, I, I I just loved that that Loki came to the rescue. I love that. Like, even yeah, he killed Coulson. Not really, but um, I love how <laughs> exactly um, there are no stakes in these movies. You know that. I'm, and I get paid by DC, I get paid DC by fanboy. <laughs> <laughs> no stakes. Um, it's not dark. <laughs> No, but it's great how finally Thor had the one up on Loki. It's like, yeah, I knew you were going to betray me. Fuck you. Like, I love how he was just all prepared for that. But it's great because he's finally they're kind of talking to the audience like we know how this goes. I, yeah. I trust you. You betray my trust and a lot, a lot, a lot. And he's like, you need to grow basically as now he's, he's saying that as a character. Like, no, he's saying that as a person, but he also kind of means as a character. Yeah. Um, also, I mean, when uh, when Korg. Uh, I was gonna say, let's a- talk about the new characters. What when when, uh, when they come across Loki, mm-hmm. and Loki was like, "You look like you're in need of leadership." That just, <laughs> I mean, Cork, Oh yeah, thanks, thanks, man. <laughs> yeah. Uh, first of all, Korg worked amazingly. I love Korg, and obviously that was portrayed by the director Taika Waititi. Every time he's on screen, it works, and it's just in service of the story and in service of humor itself. It, it's it's great. <laughs> the best part for me with Korg was when um, Loki came and visited Thor, and they had that emotional moment. Right, and right, right as he left, he just piss comes piss off ghost, and he just kicks the wall. <laughs> like that kind of shit right there is my sense of humor. Like it's just kind of childish and dumb, but brilliant. I thought that was hilarious. And then, even at the even at the end of the movie, where with Thor's like any suggestions and Korg's like, well, uh, this guy's dead. And like, oh, you're alive? Oh, he's alive. What was, <laughs> oh, yeah, your, what was your question? What was your question, bro? <laughs> but like the whole reason he died too, I accidentally stepped on him on the bridge. I felt bad about it, so I've been carrying his body around all day. <laughs> like Korg worked really well. Apparently- Valkyrie, Valkyrie, come on. Valkyrie was great. And I didn't expect to like Valkyrie. Oh, no. But I I think, honestly, I think she's my favorite character coming out of this movie. Mm -hmm. I loved what they did with her. I loved the entire premise. And I loved how, uh, I I think, think Tessa Thompson's just a great actress. And I think it really showed in this performance. Because it could have come off as one note. But, like, I'm sorry, but couple of things. She's the best female lead that these movies have had. No, I mean, sorry to Jane Foster or Natalie Portman, but come on. Uh, best female lead these movies have had, and also, it 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 does kind of irk me a little bit. But what they did with her is what they should have done with Lady Sif in all of these movies. Yeah, and she was just nowhere to be found here. By the way, <laughs> goodbye Warriors Three. <laughs> it's now Warriors Zero. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta ask you how no. that felt because I was a bit okay. I mean, these movies never cared for these characters at all to begin with. So, I mean, why should I care? I mean, it, it it's like, like they were there for like, I were here. 
Then we get stabbed. I guess we're gone. It. I mean, <laughs> what pissed me off is that I would have been totally okay with it. But this is where I'm saying where like the movie felt a bit hollow. It's there should have been a moment where Thor realized like, oh, they're dead. Yeah. And, and that never came. And that really affected him. And that didn't happen. So it's like, no. then you know what? Then just why show them die in the first place? If, if you're going to treat it like that, that's where I think the hollowness starts to play in where it's like, well, with that little thing right there, it kind of makes me feel like nothing's that consequential. Yeah. That's why I feel like on, 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 I'm a little bit conflicted when it comes to that, because on mm. one hand, these movies didn't really try that hard, especially in the second one, to establish yeah. the Warriors 3. And I've always been on Marvel for like, especially Lady Sif and the Warriors 3. Those should have been, Lady Sif should have been the main like female protagonist of these movies. Mm-hmm. And I guess I'm just kind of happy she just didn't die here or wherever the fuck she is. So I guess she's somewhere else. As far as the Warriors 3 are concerned... I'm like, it it did feel kind of cheap to just bring them back to kill them that way. And honestly, if I were one of the actors playing those characters, I would be beyond offended, really, to be killed off like that. Yeah. But I guess at a certain point, we just have to acknowledge that Marvel and the movies never cared much for these characters. And I guess, honestly, Taika was just kind of saying, well, you know what? They don't really matter or count, and we'll just play it off as a joke. And that usually seems to be where he falls back to. It shouldn't have been a joke, though. It shouldn't have been a joke, but it was played off like that, I kind of feel. I do think that was one of the moments where I thought it was cheap to do that. Mm -hmm. Um, But it's not a big thing for me where it detracts from loving this movie or liking it very much. But it is an issue that I I think it's kind of comparable to what Kingsman 2 did with a lot of the characters in the beginning of that movie. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. And it's like, I, that just feels cheap and hollow and honestly really disrespectful and offensive to what the the first films did to establish those characters. To the actors even Mar- and to the characters. And, and I would even say, even though Mark Strong was great in Kingsman 2, I still think he was killed off for the stupidest reasons. Well, like, the thing is, you, I'm not against them killing off characters. I like the fact that they have the agree. balls to kill off characters. I agree 100%, but, have, but, but they do have to right. do it the right way. Yes. The right way. You can't just do it cheap like that. Like You have to... Like like Odin. Let's mm-hmm. talk about Odin. That was a great moment. I think that was great. You know, it's like, first of all, I, I, I like the whole thing of, you know, Thor is now the king of Asgard. Um, Odin's dead. He's not there to protect them. Um, and that unleashed everything. And also the moment he had with him and Loki before he passed. Yeah. I thought that was all really well done. I hated the whole little turn into sparklies and disappear thing. Because that is beyond overplayed, I feel. What what turn into sparklies and disappear? What are you referring to? Like when an old sage person dies, instead of just dying, they need to turn into like sparkle dust and then float away the way Odin did. And it's like but that. Okay, I, I agree that that's been. It's not done, a giant negative. It's just a pet it's peeve. An, it's a pet peeve, and you're perfectly valid to have that. I mm-hmm. would just acknowledge, though, the, the past Thor films have showed that happen. Frigga, Thor's mother. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, she remember in that scene in the Dark World. Well, there she's being sent away. Her body dematerializes into those 
form and then goes into the stars. Mm -hmm. So it's like, it's consistency. So I like it, but, and I, 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 I do like that. But I get I get why you wouldn't like it. Mm-hmm. It's it's it, it, it's a personal thing. But I have to say though, I didn't realize it the first time, but I realized it the second time. So Odin was in Norway, mm-hmm. Norse mythology. Yep. Anybody? Mm-hmm. And the music playing. I, I I it didn't occur to me, but after watching it the second time, it's like oh, so this is why he went here. And I do like that that was a peaceful death, which is a rare. The, the the rare kind of death we don't get to have in these films, mm-hmm. I think. About and to connect it to Star Wars, like we always <laughs> do. Um, when they handle Leia's character, I rather have an Odin death than a Warriors three. <laughs> exactly, and it, it, I mean, it I also think this refer- this perfectly characterizes our fears in that department. <laughs> that's that's very true. That's very true. Like, and also um, with. Uh, to, to also compare it to Star Wars, it felt, it felt very much like Yoda's death, really. I mean, mm-hmm. Yoda's there for like one scene, right? And then he, he passes away and becomes one with the Force. Mm-hmm. So, and his presence, obviously, especially with Odin, really is felt throughout the movie. And he just has some great lines, even like, you're not the god of hammers, are you? Mm-hmm. You're the god well, of thunder. Um, he's, he's great. Um, what's his name? Anthony Hopkins. And honestly, I probably my favorite part was him... Uh, plain Loki pretending to be him. Wasn't that great? <laughs> it's like, oh shit. Oh shit. <laughs> Hello, my son. <laughs> he has returned. <laughs> no, he was wonderful in that. Um, but it's still, that's the thing though. It was fun and it was different than what we've seen from Odin in the past. But at the very end, it still uh, respected the Odin of the first two films and brought his story to a close. And his death was meaningful a meaningful point for the progression of Thor and probably even Loki as well. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, so we should probably talk about Hela. Yeah. Tell us. That's another one where it's like, I like it, but it adds to the hollowness hmm. because Kate Blanchett, I think did an incredible job. She That's the came thing, though. I, I, yeah. and did a great job. The The costume design, her fight, her fight scene when she's just killing all the Asgardian um, army was incredible. Her monologues? Yeah, but it, it's like, at the end of the day, it just feels like, I'm gonna destroy everything and take over yes. the galaxy. And and I guess the thing is, and this, this kind of worries me for Infinity War slightly, it's like every villain is like, I'm gonna take over the galaxy and then it, it gets to Thanos and he's gonna say I'm gonna take over the galaxy and it's like okay kid join the club like we, we've been there done that we've seen it it's so um it's but also there's things that are different with her that I think yeah um just the fact that it's like yeah they can't beat her any any other film would have ended with them like like at the point where Thor realizes his power he would have gone down and beat her and saved Asgard and da 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 like that's and, the that, and, and honestly they, they play it like that when he mm-hmm. realizes his full potential at that point they play it like oh this is where he beats her yeah and no that didn't happen and yeah. I give points to that because in any other movie that's what usually happens that's what that's what almost always happens yeah to Hela here's where I am with, with Hela 
I do think she does, in a way, fit in with the rest of the rapport of Marvel villains. The one she's very much one note, and she's like, "Yeah, I took over the galaxy." Yes, but mm-hmm. why it works here is because I absolutely do think that was the point of her character, not to the point where they were like cheaping out on her. I do think that's what Taika wanted to do with her. And also, why it works even more, Kate Blanchett. Kate fucking Blanchett. A world-class actor. You can... Look, this is what happens when you write a one-note character and you cast an amazing actor to do it. Because it was just so much fun, right? Mm-hmm. Watching her go at it, watching her be the villain. And you can tell she was having the time of her life because I think at the point, of, yeah, it's meant to be this over the top villain that, yeah, we probably have seen a million times before. But what works here is that Kate kind of made it her own. And like, everything that she said, like from her look, I mean, it was amazing to her fight sequence. This is what, um, she's 50 years old, right? Oh, I don't. I Googled it. I think she's like 48, 40. That's about the Pretty marker, close. right? Yeah. The physicality or whatever, maybe it probably wasn't her, but still. The, oh, the fact that it was her in the, the costume, though. It was her in the costume, and she like, but also, she looks really younger than probably what her age is, especially in this movie. Yeah. Honestly. I think she's a vampire. Probably <laughs> so. But you got, for me, like, she just chews up the the dialogue and the scenery and she makes it her own like that moment where it cuts back to her and she's just like standing like this so it's come to my attention that you don't know who i am and mm-hmm. she's like talking to every all of the soldiers and then once she has her spiel your, like your monologue it cuts back to one of the warriors three whoever you are you're not getting through and then she's like whoever i am did you listen to a word that i just say like she's fun like i yeah it's one note yes we've seen it perhaps it would have been better to do something more but at the end of the day, I think she just kind of fits into the whole tone and mood of this movie. And Kate brings it. And she's having so much fun that I think it really works. Uh, to, the I, point where, to the point where I think she is more memorable at right now than a lot of the other ones. And I do well, think as far as this year in villains, Marvel has been better than probably any other year they've had for the villains in all three of their films. I would Not agree. I would the, definitely agree. No, Not no, that no. they're all on the same level, but I think in general, all three of these films have improved significantly from previous films. Well, already with Spider-Man and Guardians 2, you have Ego and Vulture, which I think two are easily two of the best Marvel villains. Um, but uh, if I had to describe Hela, it would be a one-note villain with incredible personality. Exactly. So, and... Yeah. I mean, you had fun with her, right? For good or bad, that's what it is. I th- I, yeah. th- I do think it leans more on the good, though. But again, it there's a lot of little things that I think add to me having that hollow feeling with the movie. Mm-hmm. So it's 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 a little give and take. I do want to mention um, some of the weirder aspects with the film that I loved them doing. We've already talked about a lot of weird things. Like there's two that- two in particular I'm gonna throw out, and it's it's like two scenes. Um, the what's it called the the flashback that it like loki kind of reads valkyrie's mind yes and you see almost like shadows and it's this beautiful like 
it, it's a beautiful. It looks, it, it, it looks like a moving portrait. Yes, and it's 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 awesome. They didn't just do like this is my backstory, and then you have a flashback of exactly what happened. It's, the way they interpreted it was great, and also the Willy Wonka reference it was ridiculous. <laughs> Because they basically had them going through the tunnel in the the original Willy Wonka, and it's like even at the end, the way it gets scary and the colors flash, and it's like, <laughs> um, I I loved it, and then just all of can, Jeff can Goldblum. Can I ask you? Yeah, we'll get to Jeff Goldblum right now. Can I ask how Kyle reacted to that scene? Um, I don't know. I honestly, can, he didn't. He didn't. Maybe I was too enthralled with that scene, but I didn't notice anything from him. It was just so weird. Like, in a world of pure imagination, like, you know, the song. And it's like, what, what, what is this? You <laughs> now belong to the Grand Master. Master. Sikar, the place for all unwanted and unloved things. Like you. Like. <laughs> and it also, it worked in a, a, the, the transitions in this movie were great, by the way. Uh, mm-hmm. That also had this great transition of looking out into space, and then it, it opens up, and Thor goes through this tunnel, which, like a Disney geek like me, is very reminiscent of Space Mountain. Oh, I usually yeah. start off, and that's how it looks like. So, uh, and then how it just goes like super quick like that. But then, obviously, Jeff Goldblum. What can you say about that? Like, ten out of ten Goldblums. <laughs> I, one of the the weird things that happened with him is when uh, he, he's talking with Thor and Loki and Thor's in the chair and how uh, the Grandmaster's explaining how on Sakaar, the planet that they're on, time moves differently because it, it, it establishes that Loki showed up weeks before Thor um, and how much how quick how time moves differently. And and like uh, the Grandmaster's like, on any other planet, I'd be like a million years old. But on Sakaar, and then it just, it gives you like, he gives Loki this look, and that's it. Like, what? What did that? What, what did that even mean? Like, that's it's it, it's kooky and it's mm-hmm. wacky, and it worked. And that's why I feel it, it, it deviates from the formula because I don't think any other Marvel movie would have done some, something so weird and kooky like that. I think it's very Taika Waititi. His uh, his melt stick. Oh my god. He's also maniacal too. He's pretty dark. I mean, no, he's a he's psychotic. Like, and I love that. He's just someone that enjoys pleasures. Um, it, like that's why I like the fact that him and the collector are brothers. They're just two right. extreme people. One is an extreme hoarder, and one is like an extreme pleasure. What's it when you're really into pleasure? It's well, he's a he's a slaveholder. No, no, no. He doesn't like the S word. Right. Wasn't <laughs> that great, too? Prisoners with jobs. <laughs> Prisoners with jobs. <laughs> By the way, did you know the actress next to him? Yes, Moana's uh, grandmother. Let me get Kyle pointed it out. Kyle right away pointed that out. Fuck. I wow. Damn it. <laughs> <sighs> but she was great, too. Oh, she, she was like, great. Oh God! There was just so many things that worked here. Like they were so weird and different that actually I felt work. Uh, especially that that post end credits scene at the very end. Did you see it? Oh yeah. Where it's like, well, uh, the revolution is over. Congratulations, you've won. 
And obviously, it wouldn't have been successful if I wasn't so good. So let's call welcome. it a draw. <laughs> let's call it a. T- <laughs> I do. I do hope that um, we we one day get to have Goldblum and Del Toro on screen together. I'm surprised they haven't like had them do some video thing for the ride. Um, well, because in 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 the Guardians Tower Mission Breakout in California Adventure. There is in the queue. There is a portrait of them mm-hmm. together. I think. Yeah. Because there, no, there's there a statue. Yeah. It's they're playing some board game and like the Goldblum like tosses the board because I guess the collector was winning. Though that's what I got from the painting. It's a great painting. Yes. Yes. It's a very great painting. Uh, yeah. Um, also, the design of Sakar was amazing. Yeah, I really liked the uh the production design um th- throughout the film. A negative, I will say some of the CG I think in the film is definitely spotty. I agree. I think for me the one that is the most noticeable, it, unfortunately it was a good scene was an Odin Odin is looking out into the sea. That's a really green screen moment. You can see it. There wasn't touched up the best. Yeah. Um what else stuck out to you that was like uh, bad CG? It was just a lot of things here and there. I can't little things. Little things, I guess. Yeah, um, but the design itself, I think, was well done, and also the music, which is something I know you like to get into. Um, the score specifically. What did you think of it? It was actually very well done. And it, it, of course, you know why it was well done? I actually read an interview. Because it didn't have Michael Giacchino. The composer, right as he got the job for Thor Ragnarok, had watched a video on YouTube about how all Marvel scores are exactly the same in the epidemic. Uh, And you know which video I'm talking about. Oh, yeah. And in yeah. the interview, he talks about it and he's like, yeah, this he's got a point. Like, I don't want to fall into this trap. And he talked to uh, Taika Waititi about what they wanted from the film and sort of that 80s Flash Gordon uh, space adventure vibe. And he really infused that into the score so that it, it, it felt very particular to Thor Ragnarok. Thor Ragnarok specifically. <laughs> That it it doesn't feel like, oh, Marvel stock music number 62. It feels like, oh, that's Thor Ragnarok. Yes, it it is easily the most distinct and different from any of the other Marvel scores. I will say, I am a big fan of the Marvel scores. But I'm a a Marvel bitch and I get paid by Kevin Feige, so I have to say that legally. Mm -hmm. But, oh, and Kyle is back, by the way, guys. He managed to fix his emergency. Uh, Hello, guys. Uh, just to finish quickly, what I was saying is yes, yes, yes. I, you, you can definitely notice it because it was so different. Um, it, it just works here. It really does. Like and that, mm. that's what I love about the general theme about Ragnarok is that they went for things mm-hmm. that were different and haven't been done before. And I think for the most part, they worked and they landed, and they should be commended for that because they are proving themselves to be a studio that takes chances with its directors and lets them make their own movie, unlike some other preposterous nonsense that wants to perpetuate this propaganda that people are buying. So, come on, people, a time to acknowledge it. And all I have to say is after Homecoming, 
Volume 2 and Ragnarok, it is a fucking mic drop. Literally. This has been an amazing year for Marvel Studios. All three of their films I've loved or liked. You know, I'll say I loved all of them. But then again, they pay my bills, so I have to say that. But I'm pretty sure most of you people, you people, um, liked, yeah, (laughs) whoa, liked these movies a lot as well. And I think we can all agree that they're having an amazing year when it comes to film. Mm -hmm. Because I I think, as a pattern, I do think in general that that all of these three films are indicative that there are things that they are working on to improve. Like we said before, the mm-hmm. villains in all three of these films worked better than most of the other, other villains in other Marvel films. And, and so on and so forth. And yeah, any other weirdness things that stuck out to you? Oh, you know what? I'll ask Kyle right now. Kyle, uh, well, what I was going to say, thing? yeah, as a whole, I think we should just let Kyle take it for a little bit yeah, just to Because he's been gone. Get Kyle, out. talk about whatever you want. Okay, so Thor that's Ragnarok. that's the first and last time we're gonna say that, Kyle. So really enjoy it. <laughs> okay, uh, Thor Ragnarok. Well, that was nice. Uh, I, What's next? I I'm think, kidding. So Stranger Things Stranger season two. Things what I really enjoyed about Eleven was they they kicked her up to twelve this year. So that's great. Yeah. Um, well, more like thirteen. Oh, that's true. Thirteen. She skipped a year. Thor Ragnarok, I thought that it was an amazing film. I think that a lot of things worked. It is uh, definitely up there in terms of, like, uh, comedy. I don't think some of the jokes would have worked because it was fan uh, fan comedy. What think, jokes would you qualify as fan comedy? Like, for, like for example, when, uh, when, when Hulk smashed uh, uh, Thor... And then, uh, and then Loki stood up and said, "Yes, that's how it feels." Um, uh, Is that he what he said? Yeah. yeah. Is that? Re- oh my god, that's yeah. great! I didn't understand uh, what he was saying. And that, uh, wor- that works for me. I'm sorry. That works. And, uh, you wouldn't get that if you uh, if you didn't watch uh, all the all the rest of the MCU right. or other things. But still, it was a good time. And also, I'm really surprised on how well the dynamic between uh, Ruffalo and Hemsworth really work. Um, that, yeah, really. Yeah, I mean, of all of the of the MCU characters, oh, these guys really work. Uh, I thought that was really cool. Not um, just Banner and Thor, but also Hulk and Thor too. Yeah, uh, I, I like I like how you got to see a little bit of a uh, Hulk talking. Like how he does in the comic books. Hulk actually have conversations with people instead of like grunting and all that shit. Overall, I think that this is an amazing film. I mean, uh, it is... Amazing? Uh, oh, did you change your score all of a sudden? I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I, 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 I was thoroughly entertained. That's what I, that's what I could I say. I gotta ask you, Kyle. What, what were the biggest laughs for you? Uh, definitely the part where he's like, yes, I... Uh, now you know how it feels. Um, I like the part where he's like, uh, uh, help me. And he's like, no, we're not doing help me. Oh, that was a great, that was yeah, great. Yeah, that was good. And then uh, it was humiliating. I like the part where I, I it kind of took Can't me help. out, but then it brought me, it, and then it uh, brought me back uh, when I, when Korg was like, Oh, you know, this planet will be easily to rebuild, you know, as long as the structure is still sound. And all of a sudden, the next shot, boom, the Asgard completely blows up. And then he's like, nope, nope, those structures are gone. Um, that's a well, good I think moment. That worked for me because the movie had already basically let you know Asgard is done. Like, it, yeah. It be, like, it well, was. I, can, I, can I be honest with you? Mm-hmm. I, I still thought 
somehow at the end they were going to be able to save the Asgard. Oh, okay. that's that that that's where I thought it was going to nope, go. Nope, it went it went the Alderaan route, and it literally. Okay, that's a bit. That's too soon, Kyle. Okay, that, that that's too. It soon. was only well, come forty on, years it's ago. 19, it's nineteen seventy-seven. I think I think it's I think it's time. <laughs> um, um, but yeah, that's what I liked so much about that moment is uh-huh. that's why I think. This this movie did kind of blow things up, literally. Asgard is gone. I didn't think that was going to happen. And also, I mean, to, to kind of, for the first time, touch upon that, that first post-credit scene, I don't know how many of those people are going to survive after that. Oh, uh, Kevin Fee confirmed that that's Thanos' ship. It, yeah. Really? So, yeah. yeah. So, it's... Is, is Asgardians all dead then? Because they ain't going to survive ex- that. Because remember... Thor was floating through space in that um in that, that like, trailer that we trailer. weren't supposed to see um but by we the saw way it anyway yeah. <laughs> we weren't supposed to see that whoopsies but, yeah. um pirates <laughs> right <laughs> literally uh um, I've, it's a pirate's but it's, life but uh, no. <laughs> oh, Kyle's um, the one saying no to a pirate's joke. How the tables uh, have turned. Uh, to the table, <laughs> I should say. <laughs> and we're right back to where we started. Go. Do you guys think though? I think we're all. I, I think we're all on the same page that even though we all liked all of the Mar- the MCU films, are we on the same page where this one is the one that we like the least? Of this year? Yeah. It seems you know like, what? Peter, you probably liked it the least. Because it, it didn't stay with you as Homecoming and Guardians 2. It's weird, because Homecoming, I think, stuck with me more. But, but I would say Ragnarok, I think, is a better movie. Better made movie, I think. Ragnarok is, is something I'm more naturally drawn to. Yeah. Just, but Homecoming had something like... Maybe it was like a heart or a nostalgia or something, but it had something there. It was more traditional, but it had, I think, more heart. Right. I think Thor Ragnarok had less heart, but it hit those weird beats that I'm I'm, I'm in love with. So I, I, for me, though, I'd still I'm still madly in love with Guardians, and I'm sorry, yeah. but I I still think Guardians Two is the funniest movie that Marvel did this year because that one was just consistently laugh out loud. She's um, gonna disagree here- with you. <laughs> Um, but here's the here's the thing. Uh, it, the one with the most heart to me. If you're looking at all the layers, it's got to be Vol- Guardians of Volume Two. Of no, the year. Guardians is still, I think, the best Marvel yeah. film of the year. Yeah, I agree. Not it's, only that, it's, it's in my, easily in my top five favorite uh, Marvel. What's movies. iffy with you, Peter? It's iffy between Ragnarok and Spider Man. I think Spider Man edges out Ragnarok. Mm-hmm. So I, I think I would go Volume Two, Spider Man, and then it's hard for Ragnarok. me because I, I like all of them. But no, it's like, I, I do like all of them as well. But it's, it, that's not to take away from Thor because at, at the end of the day, I think I was most surprised with Thor of how much I loved that character walking out of the movie than I did walking in. You know, like I don't think any of the any of the other films that Thor has been in has done more for the character of Thor than this movie. So yeah, that's what I I I love the part where he was talking to that uh, I don't know what the evil demon's name was, uh, Surter. Surter. Yeah, 
and uh, he, when he was talking and he was like on the chain and uh, <laughs> and he kept on spinning around and he was like, hold on, wait, 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 let me face you again. Okay. Uh, continue talking and then he continued talking and uh, but I, I just love how it opened like Thor son of Odin's son and Thor's like Surtur son of a bitch I thought you were dead <laughs> I mean that's just the timing there is great and also like I said to Peter Clancy Brown I love how he's getting work yeah uh, that was a great job Overall, I'm sorry. I, 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 I'm surprised that I walked away loving it the most. I'm pretty, I thought you guys were going to love it more. But I really – I watched it twice and I really love the movie even though I agree mm-hmm. that, that there's something there that is just slightly missing from the other movies. But I still love it. So it's like – at the end of the day, this did, this did more good things than bad things. So. I, think, um, I think actual <laughs> emotional stakes probably well, – Well, yeah. I, I, I think the stuff with, with Loki, Thor, and Odin all worked for me. So I yeah, think they other- worked, but it's just at the end of the day, I, I, you, you got to see how m- movies are all about emotion, I think. <laughs> and at the end of the day, it did so much right. And I, I, I love so much of, of the film, but emotionally, it never captured me the way I really wanted it to. Aesthetically, it did. And that yes. climax, that third act worked in space. It really fun. did. Yeah. Honestly. And that's, I think, the point of the movie was to be the, the, this cra- as, as crazy fun mm-hmm. as it could possibly be. So I, I'm just happy. I'm happy with the movie at the end of the day. I really I do am, love it. I am, too. I'm, I'm, I'm glad at the final product because, uh, number one, it was great that they didn't bring in Cat Dennings. Um. <laughs> they did. That, that's, what, that, that's what I'm saying. I think Ragnarok did away. With almost all of the things that held back the first two films. Now, but the was thing it is, just... if you had gotten a, a good uh-huh. director on the second one, the... I think they would have gotten rid of the human characters. They would have been like, okay, let's just go have our own adventure and do our own thing. Better late than never. Um, yeah. Now, was it just me, or did they confirm that uh, Jane and Thor broke up? Yeah, yeah. it's confirmed. Yeah, because okay. like George, Jane didn't dump me. I dumped Jane. Mm-hmm. By the yeah. way, we didn't even mention Doctor Strange or that whole thing. I, I think what worked best for me was uh, Loki. I've been falling for 30 minutes. And what are you, some kind of half-rate sorcerer? Yeah. Now, I, I got to be honest, though. I didn't – one of the, the – and I don't want to drag this on too long. I didn't get any chemistry between Hemsworth and Cumberbatch. Um. I, I felt like that whole scene, while I enjoyed it, was like corporate synergy. It, it, it didn't feel natural to it. Like the Hulk felt natural when they included him. Um, what the showing? It still made sense, though. It still it made, made sense. sense. The, he's the Sorcerer Supreme, and he does keep tabs on what comes on Earth. So it made sense. But if I'm yes. if I'm making, it felt it felt out of place. If I'm making the movie, I'm, I, it, it, just, it just feels like fat you could cut. Mm-hmm. I think you would yeah. go straight from there, straight to Nor- straight from Asgard to Norway. You could have made it a uh, Marvel one-shot. Also, uh, another yeah, thing that that's I... True. I A criticism I have about that is that I, when I... It was basically taking place during his... Uh, during that after post credit sequence... In uh, Doctor Strange, yeah. So I uh, I wanted to see more. Like uh, I thought the movie was going to open 
with uh, finding Odin. And uh, I, I think what you're saying is that the post credit scene, the Doctor Strange led it to believe that Doctor Strange may have actually played a bigger part in finding Odin. And there would have been a sequence. Yeah. That's what I was expecting to tell you the truth. Yeah. And I, it, it, a, a more involved, hands on thing with him. It just felt like more repetition. And uh, that's a, that was the only thing that I found jarring of it. It was still pretty cool to see uh, Doctor Strange in, uh, in Ragnarok. But, uh, yeah, it was just a little, uh, I agree with Peter on to the, it, it is fat that you need to trim out. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, uh, but nevertheless, it was cool seeing, uh, seeing, uh, Dr. Strange in there. And, uh, but I mean, I you're going to see it in Infinity War anyway. Well, yeah, True. You're going to see everybody in you're Infinity see everything. War. It's going to be co- crossover the movie. And plus, there's characters they still need to introduce. And it's, it, I don't even know how that film is going to work. And there are cameos that they're keeping top secret. Apparently. From what, the, from what uh, Joe, and Anthony and Joe and Anthony Russo have said. Cat Dennings. So. Crossing my fingers. <laughs> she was a Thanos was, spy from the beginning. Uh, she, she, oh my. <laughs> Honestly, I, I feel bad for her. I think she gets so much shit. I I don't hate no. Kat honestly, I thought she was funny. I'm, I'll throw it out there. I liked her in I, the first I two liked her, Thor yeah. movies. She's funny in Two Broke Girls. No, Two Broke Girls <laughs> sucks. No, that show no. sucks. No. God damn you, Kyle. <laughs> that, no. Two broke. Oh my god. Yeah. Will, uh, will so, you show? Will you take anything that Chuck Lorre shoves down your throat? No, I don't like the Big Bang Theory. L- lies. That's a that is a complete fabrication. What do you mean? A complete you see fabrication? the way he tries to change history all of a sudden. Oh, I don't like the Big Bang Theory. Everybody well, that it, knows you knows that you have liked the show. You know how I know? In senior year of high school drama class, you were so adamant about our group doing a reenactment of a scene from the Big Bang Theory. And you were, were leading the whole thing playing Sheldon Cooper. You can't say I don't like the Big Bang Theory and yet at the exact same time pull that kind of shit. Kyle, oh, you hey, are so you inconsistent. Could, you could you could <laughs> develop a distaste for something over time, Alexis. <laughs> it is no fabrication. Yes, I may have liked it at one point, but that doesn't like mean Like Harrison that I like Ford's it now. performance on The Force Awakens because apparently that soured on your grapes a while back even though it wasn't the exact same thing walking out. And by the way, I'm still not over what you that attack on Harrison Ford a couple podcasts ago. Oh my that god. Was, that was outlandish. <laughs> and Ladies and gentlemen, if anybody could hold a grudge for as long as Humanly possible, Alexis Soto will find a way. It's not about holding a grudge, it's about keeping them honest. <laughs> it's the no spin zone here. We have to. Fair and balance. <laughs> I think we're done with this. I'm sorry, but we love these movies, and I thought I had a great time both times, so. I can't wait for Infinity War trailer, which should be dropping in the next two months. Yeah. yeah. Um, Peter, uh, thought final thoughts? Um, this has, like I said, it's probably my least favorite Marvel film this year. 
but it's there it's still really good it, it even great in so many aspects there's so many great things within this film i just think as a whole it, there's there's just certain something about it that just doesn't work with me or doesn't resonate the same way that I would like it to. But even with that, I, I, I it's it's just such an amazing fun ride, and it's it it's a, just a breath of fresh air. And I love Taika Waititi's direction <clears throat> and the characters and the action, and it, it's just a fun time. I, at the end of the day, it's just a hell of a time. All right, great. So, guys, let's go to the Upside Down and let's have a nice little chat. So, uh, <laughs> uh, on Netflix, uh, the week before Halloween, they released the the second season for Stranger Things, also known as Stranger Things 2. Uh, I really loved season two. Uh, I think that it is better than the first season. Um, I like where these characters are going. I like how uh, these characters continuously uh, progress. Uh, I like uh, a lot of uh, characters that I didn't like previously in, uh, in this season. I absolutely love this season. Uh, and this right here is, uh, is like an example of uh, progressive writing uh, and because of all the progressions, the story and the way that the kids are are growing up, you see these kids growing up, they're still kids but you could see that they're uh, they're maturing a little bit in the way that they they uh, carry themselves out There was like one big thing and one little thing I think if you had removed <clears throat> those two things from the season and change either remove them completely or change them to make it work it would be like a, a basically a perfect sequel to me i do not look at, like looking at stranger things as a television show because to me it's a, it's a movie it's it's a it's a nine hour movie it really is and the way the duffer brothers play it too they think that as well because they called it stranger things too in in yeah. the in the title sequence there's a giant too they didn't every other tv show just has the same title sequence and it's oh it's just season 2 of the same show they did that for a reason guys um and i think it it plays out really well i really really enjoyed this season um there were things that this season did better than season 1 but i think season 1 was a better cohesive um entity as a whole so I, I think I still like season one slightly more, but I think it's a great follow up and I think it really solidifies um, what I consider be to be uh, the talent in the Duffer Brothers. Like it's like, OK, the first the first one wasn't a fluke. They, they really got the goods. And I think that's great. I have to say that I liked season one a fair amount. I really did. I thought it was a, a really good show, really great show in instances, and I really did like it. But I didn't really like it to the point where I bothered to rewatch it after that. And I kind of regret it because watching season two, it reminded me of how much I liked the show. And actually, with season two, I love 
love, love this show. And I have to say, <clears throat> though there are things that didn't quite hit the mark, um, not in terms of comparison to the first season, but just in compared to execution, probably even uh, its conception, I would probably say 95% of things worked in such in such an amazing way that I I am so much more taken with season two than I am with the first season. And I like the first season, but I love season two. And what was so tremendous about this is that the hype and the expectations were so high. And I think they met them, if not even sir. I think my expectations for season two, quite frankly, were surpassed. I wasn't expecting it to be better than season one, and I do think it is better than season one. And I think it's better because they made the most out of its ensemble cast. They pushed certain characters to the back while still having meaningful storylines, pushed those that were in the background from season one to the forefront, and in some instances brought out better acting and better writing because of that. But look, this show works on so many levels because of the actors and especially the writing and the direction. Peter made this point um, in a couple podcasts ago about why this works is it, it, it doesn't just shroud itself in 80s nostalgia. It has that there, but most importantly, why it succeeds, it's because it is something new and unto itself that nothing we've seen before. And it still, it, it uses that to its advantage because even after season two, we still have many questions about what the upside down is or why it exists or what's really on the other side and what's coming next. And that's great. The more questions you have in the air about certain like that, even though you're still into it and you don't feel like it's dragging or like it, it's going nowhere, uh-huh. then that's great. And so at the end of the day, uh, I loved it. I thought it was amazing. And I want to watch the whole series again. I had this issue before it was blown into this whole like catastrophe that everyone makes it out to be. But I guess everyone was on the same page as me when they talk about this this season, which is um, I for they they had no idea what to do with Eleven this season. Not really, anyway. Everything with her between her and Hopper is is freaking awesome. I I love their sort of surrogate parent and daughter relationship that plays within, I think, the first four episodes, the first half of the season. And I think Uh it's executed incredibly well. And it's not this just idealized version of what you would think you want it to be. Uh You know? Yeah, because their their relationship this season, Mm -hmm. uh, it wasn't perfect. Yes. Hopper has his issues and uh, Eleven's a bit of a brat. But my issue is, um, uh, the the second she went to look for her mother, I stopped caring. Like, and I noticed that with the episodes where she's at her mother's, and she's like, "What's going on?" Like, I need to see what she's trying to tell me. I wasn't caring. I was kind of like, "Okay, is this going somewhere?" And then uh, the infamous episode seven comes and it's like wow what a waste of time um because i i just don't think it was like oh it doesn't fit i think it's genuinely bad um i 
her sister was so uninteresting and dull. Um, I hated the whole gang thing and just them like, oh, we're going to be punk rocks and we're going to go around and kill the people that did bad to us. And it's like, okay, reject X-Men. Like this, <laughs> this is, I felt nothing for, I, I, I got to a point where I just started skipping through the episode cause I just, I couldn't really, yeah, I couldn't take it. Um, and at the end of the day, it's, it's like, is this going somewhere? Oh, it went absolutely nowhere. At the end of the day, it's just like, oh, now I... They, they literally were just looking for something for her to do before they can bring her in at the end of the show. And the whole thing with her sister and there possibly being more um, experiments out there and possibly kind of- her captor still being alive. All it is is a preview of season three. And they did Not it terribly. Not only that... Not only that, but I have a feeling that they're that Netflix is trying to build a spinoff. Oh God, I hope not, because I would. Well, actually, maybe I do, because then I just wouldn't have to watch it. I could just skip the show, and it's not in Stranger Things, because that both like this season both got me excited and kind of worried for season three, because all all the hints at where season three is going. I'm like, I, I really don't care about that stuff and I don't want it to go mm-hmm. there. But then it also proved to me that the Duffer brothers are incredibly talented. So it's like, eh. either way I'm there for season three and I'm excited because I've loved it. Cause even with season seven, uh, episode seven this season, um, mm-hmm. and just kind of the whole second half of Elle's story being a big stinker is still incredibly a great sequel and the last two episodes with Elle I think are really well the last two episodes are just incredible I really really love them Um, and also Uh the um, the last thing that I had an issue with is it's, it's not much of an issue but it's slightly an issue is Billy which is one of the new characters he did I felt like he was just kind of there he didn't have much to do um Billy you mean Max Max the kid from Power Rangers dude yeah Red Ranger uh Psychopath Red Ranger did really did not have much to do Mad Max had a lot to do she had a story and I I really she grew on me and I loved her I thought she was a great addition to the cast of kids but Billy was kind of there to be an asshole and 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 again it's one of those things where it's like they it looks like they have plans for him for season three so but those are my complaints to me Billy was like the stereotypical uh, uh, Stephen King bully and uh, and that's the kind of trope that they put it in because all in all it's a giant love letter to uh stephen king and that's what i that's my justification for his character is uh, he's supposed to be there to be the stereotypical bully because uh the bully quote-unquote bully of uh last uh season was supposed to be steve but steve is uh now uh, a hero in uh in uh this season and uh let's get into a little bit of steve because i think steve uh really uh came to the forefront of things this season 
Well, no one else has negatives. Um, I'll I'll just touch. I'll briefly touch upon what you said. I think, um, as usually tends to be the case, Pete. I don't know what it is with me and you, but I agree. But I don't feel the same way entirely about mm-hmm. the negatives that you have. I don't know what it is, but it's like I agree. It is by far, it is easily the weakest storyline, plotline in the entire series. I agree that it kind of went nowhere, and it, it and I agree that it was build up for season three, and I agree that she was completely unlikable. That being said, I don't think it was unwatchable. I don't think it was terrible. I thought there was a little bit there. I basically wanted to see more of Eleven. But at the end of the day, you are correct in that I do think that they just needed to stall until they can bring her back into the finale. And the big reason why is because Millie Bobby Brown is a superstar. Well, I mean, that's kind of why they literally added one more episode from last season. And then because of that seventh episode, one episode you could have taken out of the season. So I think that's funny because honestly, um, when I rewatch it, which won't be, I'm not like you guys. I don't rewatch television a lot, but it's more of if I rewatch it, um, I'm just gonna skip that episode. I'm gonna go straight to. Uh, yeah, I probably would too because I, I don't. That, that's not an episode that you that you need to watch again. That it, like, there's not really much that's offered there. And again, it is the weakest thing. But it's like. I didn't, I didn't like care completely, mm-hmm. I guess. So, but, but I'm pretty much there with you, but not really. Um, I mean, what was the other issue you had with Billy. Billy? Yeah. Billy, Billy was just like, whatever that was for me. That was the weakest thing in the whole season. Alexis, in terms of the seventh episode, I agree with you completely. I am. It's about fucking time. Seriously. <laughs> Somebody put that on the score. David, if you're listening, uh, put that on the scoreboard. Um, and also, uh, Russia, if you're listening, damn, did you do a number on Kyle's Facebook account? Yeah. Um, <laughs> anyway, uh, I think uh, it, to me, I didn't love it. I didn't hate it. Yeah, I'm that's where I'm at. Somewhere and in I'm the like, middle. And like, eh, you know? It's a waste yeah. of time. It is. I'll say that. But and it's that like, pisses me eh. off. There's so much. Mo- there's yeah. so much momentum. Every episode matters, and it's this tightly woven story. And that's then why, at the end dropped. of the day, even though it, it is a blemish, it is a distraction. It is not congruently mm-hmm. with everything else that's going on. Again, at the end of the day, everything else was so fucking amazing. I don't care. Like that's like. And also, sure, it's an. You could just skip it, and you won't miss a beat. Exactly. You won't. Um, and that being said, you are correct. David Harbour and Millie Bobby ground together. Amazing. Absolutely yeah. amazing. Um, I like... Uh, I, I, here's a negative. And it's not a real, like, constructive story-wise negative. It was, like, it was an Alexis negative. I love Dustin. I really do. And I thought Steve and Dustin together were a great pairing. Again, a theme yeah. this season, a theme of the season that's almost like Empire Strikes Back is... They pair different characters together, and it works in ways you never, you, you didn't think would work out that well. But what I did think were two things that pissed me off that were beyond moronic. The fact that Dustin kept what's it, Dart the uh, the Demogorgon baby thing uh, with the him. Demodog. First of all, that, I thought that was just beyond idiotic and stupid, and he deserved what happened to him. And then also uh, with Millie Bobby Brown. 
I did look the I I was interested in seeing her find her mother and everything. After that, I didn't care as much. Mm-hmm. But where I think the moment of where it 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 like um the suspension of disbelief disappeared completely. Okay, so we're supposed to believe in the beginning of the season that she has to stay with Hopper at that cabin forever and ever and ever, and she can never leave. And yet, the second she leaves. And she splits town. She goes back and forth as she pleases. And we're, we're allowed to believe that she's constantly being looked for and sought for. How can she leave far away in contact with many people? And yet the people from Hawkins or the government don't spot her coming a mile away. They are that's where I think that's dealing where I think with it kind demodogs. Of, exactly. Exactly. I okay, okay. Also, also, uh, it was kind of like fan service because, uh, and uh, me and Peter were discussing this. Hashtag justice for Barb. Oh, it was fan service. That for entire sure, storyline was fan service. It, it was fan service, but they found a way to weave it into where it was like, okay, I buy that. Yeah, it doesn't bother me. Yeah. Um, well, like I said, I, I I think it's another example of. Plus, the, I think it gave it, it gave something for Nancy and Jonathan to do. A couple of things. No, mm-hmm. I think it was important for Nancy, especially because a lot of a common critique of last season was that oh, Barb died, and it wasn't really an impact on her. It was in this season, and you saw the ramifications from that. And I'm glad that they kind of fixed that about her. That now she is caring, and she cares so much so that she literally adopts the whole justice for Barb mantra and it actually works while at the same time growing closer to Jonathan which I shipped from the very beginning even though I do like Steve much more than I had thought I would back in season one I still think Jonathan and and, uh, Nancy are better wow you use the word ship (laughs) god now I'm regretting it damn oh man (laughs) How dare you? Um, um, I, I will I, say to oh, I'll, I'll say this real quick and then I'll let you talk, Kyle. Um, yeah. I, I would I the reason why I like the whole justice for Barb storyline is because it it is an example of the first Stranger Things. What happened there not just going away? Like it it affects the characters and it changes them and it it pushes them towards the story in this um, this season. So. That's good. Go ahead, Kyle. And, bil- and building on from what you said, you you gave me a good little segue. Can okay. we uh, can we give a, a young actor Noah Schnapp? Uh, That's go- it. That, that, a run. Stop. Uh, Stop Emmy. right there. Stop right there. Put that- him in the Emmy race. Oh my God! That kid <laughs> acted so fucking phenomenally. I I think that he he was really he really because really he took the back seat. I mean, yeah, he was the backbone of the plot of the first season, but he wasn't really there. This season, we get to see his acting chops, and he acted the shit. Yeah, you get to see of, him. Period. Out of Will Byers. Yeah, you get to see him. Period. Will Byers was a plot device in season one. He wasn't a character uh-huh. in season two. He was a full fledged character, and here's I mean Noah Schnapp. Did such an amazing, and I think we're all in agreement here. I think he was the MVP of the season. I think he blew everyone else away. I think he blew Millie Bobby Brown's season one performance away. That's yeah. how good I think he was. Well, I'll uh, say, 
Kyle was pretty pissed when Millie Bobby Brown didn't get Emmy uh, Award or whatever, to which I say she should have never even been nominated. That was ridiculous. But I, I, I would be totally okay if Noah Schnapp did because I, I really thought he did a good job. So Every episode this season, he brought it. Consistency. And it's like, it's crazy how... That we, we didn't see that I didn't see that coming. I don't think any of any of us saw that. Like I don't no, think anybody really like a lot of people just like Will Byers was like a background thing, a plot device in the background. And then he came into the center of the show. For me, the heart of the show this season was definitely Will Byers and uh, Joyce. Joyce and my my goodness. Why Nona Ryder keeps on bringing one, it. She was the one that I felt because she wasn't nominated uh for Best Supporting Actress and Millie was. Oh. But what the hell? What the I, when when Nona Ryder I think is the one that deserves recognition for this show as well as David Harbour, both yeah. of them. Harbour really. Harbour is a force to be reckoned with. I mean, he was pretty. I uh, I liked seeing a little bit of detective work this season, um, because uh, when he was going out and he was like looking at the. Um, at the at the farms that were being contaminated from the upside down, uh, that right there, uh, I like seeing that little aspect of the show. And I also do think juggling. Harbor, yeah, I also do think like Harbor and Ryder outdid their performances from season one. Yeah, uh, definitely. And I like uh, seeing them act. And also, um, another character that's become a fan favorite now, uh, may he rest in peace, Bob. Oh, Bob. Justice for Bob. First of all, <laughs> uh, all this justice for Barb thing, I always thought that was ridiculous. Like, okay, she was there for a little bit, and I never connected with Barb the way other people did. It's like, yeah, she she was likable, but, like, it, it got out of hand. Bob was great. By the way, you know how ridiculous it was when the actress was nominated for guest actor at the Emmys. Yeah, for Things. beyond, beyond ridiculous. But Bob was great. Bob was like that goofy stepdad who's like, who was a nerd growing up, but now he's kind of yeah. successful. So like, he, he's he's doing his best and stuff. And he was just, he was just a good guy. So of course yeah. he had to die a violent, violent death. Um, the most violent, I think, that we saw the whole season. He yeah. was being ripped to shreds. It was something out of The Walking Dead. <laughs> yeah, it was pretty graphic. But the thing about uh, this is that you know, and I and I love that you know he was that enjoyable stepdad, and he was trying like uh, when he took a uh, will to school, and when he was uh, when he dressed up and he was like filming the the family, which they never had. They never had their own videos, and now he's actually doing that for them and you know being there and i also like how uh how he straight up like didn't question uh what they were doing when uh will was making that map well he did question it but he went he along was like with it. what what is the oh, okay so this is and then he started helping like he wasn't a dick about it he was just like okay guys i'm gonna help you and he did and uh, also, Sean Astin, man, he he was 
uh, he did a terrific job as uh, as Bob. Well, I think that I think we all agree with that. But another aspect that hasn't been discussed as much in, in many reviews that I want to discuss here is the role that the shadow monster, the demodogs, and the upside down played in this season because it really did kind of upend what we thought we knew of the Upside Down back in Season 1, because it certainly seemed like this shadow monster had this connection with Will outside of the Upside Down. and, and like, like Specifically we, the shadow monster. That's what I was saying, yeah. The shadow monster like ab- absorbed itself into Will, and I wonder how you guys interpret that or how that was able to occur or what questions you had out of that particular aspect. I didn't have... Uh, I. The only thing that I gathered from that was that because uh, Will was a uh, was a semi-resident of the Upside Down, um, he does have that uh, connection, and I'm guessing that uh, that Barb and uh, and uh, and Will are the only residents uh, were the only residents at the at the time of uh, of uh, the Upside Down. So I think that that's what the connection is with. Uh, with uh, Will and the Shadow Monster because he he was that kind of constant that was uh, in there in season one that you brought it into the foreground in season two. But I guess my question is, what do you think is the end goal of the Shadow Monster? Infect Earth. Aside from, yeah, well, pretty much the obvious. Well, the, another thing that kind of scares me for further seasons is the show works great when there's mystery behind it. Yeah. This combination of mystery and adventure and sort of darkness that surrounds that, um, that is really what is the the tone, I think, of the show. And I'm a little afraid of over-explaining what everything is. I, I think there should Maybe. always be an air of mystery behind everything. Maybe That's in the true. last season, like they, yeah. they finally. If it's the last season, explain. I think it's fine. But yeah. apparently, there's supposed to be four seasons. But then you know, yeah, Netflix. From, this is a hit show for them. They might push them to do more. No, they they already tried. The Duffer Brothers said we're out at season four. Okay, okay. I That's hope where, so. That's where. I yeah, hope so too. Four seems like a good number. Especially for especially for these for these kids, uh, how old they are. Um, I agree with you, Peter. A sense of mystery is exactly what uh, keeps this show going and what is special about it. Let's talk about the soundtrack, guys. It was good. It was good. That's it. (laughs) Well, what do you have to say about it, Kyle? I think. I think it's a brilliant score. I think that uh, it really uh, stepped up. Number one, uh, Stranger the Stranger Things theme has got to be one of the most iconic TV themes now. Uh, and I think that uh, that this, uh, yeah, I think that this really sets the standard for like uh, TV scores. Uh, and also the soundtrack. Uh, yes, Peter. It is uh, once again. It is that thing I know. Um, I love all the other uh, music that they used in here. Um, okay, but 
I'm you sorry, Kyle, your... but that, that does not carry that does not carry any weight with you. If anything anywhere uses a song that you know, it's automatically a win in your book. So you can't really be that doesn't par- mean impartial. anything though, it, especially with and you. It really and it really set the vibe. Like I love the part where uh, did he where listen to du- the thing I said? No, I, I love the part where Dustin. He's like he checks the he checks it he checks his trash can right and then right there in the trash can he opens the lid and it cuts to Ghostbusters and all that so I I think that the score was amazing and I did oh, wow the soundtrack it's, it's, the soundtrack it's, it's was the song that you know really, that you already like really, uh, I, I, again yeah I, okay because mm-hmm. it because it sets you back into the eighties and that how was, did Suicide Squad not get a ten out of ten for you uh it it, it it I did. think it did initially. <laughs> Come on, it did. It did, but you guys. Uh, there's video. There's video there. But and you guys uh, crucified me uh, ten times for liking it. So, well, uh, here we wait, go. Wait, that was not a personal attack on you. It was a personal attack on the movie. Never it, once it was, did any, for you. It wasn't personal for me. I don't know how it could be personal. And the, but, but then you guys said though. <laughs> When you when you said those stupid DC fans, when you said that, that's when I'm like, oh, you're categorizing me for liking it into there. I'm a DC fan too, just not a stupid one. Um, anyway, <laughs> um, I even though I am paid by Marvel, I still you think are paid. The uh, Burton Batman films is one of the best. I think the Dark Knight is one of the best movies ever made. And I think it has really, I do. So, and I think the Dark Knight is a, is one of those. I think it still has the mantle of the best superhero movie. So, yeah. But it's like nothing else has like been anywhere near that quality. And that's just the truth of it. Uh, but like, more thoughts on uh, Stranger Things too. I, uh, hmm. Uh, I think we we touched on Dustin and Steve's relationship, which I thought was great. Yeah, I liked. Uh, um, Max. Uh, what do we think of uh, Lucas and uh, and uh, Mad Max? I thought that was great. I thought mm-hmm. it was great too. And I, I think thought that. Go on. What we mentioned was characters that were in the background. Uh, last season are brought to the forefront this season and those... like like Lucas and Will yeah like Lucas and Will were in the background and then obviously the reverse Mike and Eleven were kind of pushed to the back this season yeah and I'm okay with that I think it worked uh, it, I wouldn't be okay with it if the characters they brought to the forefront weren't good actors or the stories they had for them weren't that great but the opposite of that was true I naive kind of like, like kind of like um kind of like a Cars two scenario where they put Mater as the main character, except and that worked poorly. That is that's what I'm saying. That, that's what I'm saying. That's the example of what Peter was saying is when you bring in characters that are not interesting as leads to the forefront, mm-hmm. it it brings the whole thing down. I mean, I wouldn't reference Cars two at all, but okay. <laughs> It's attacking the movie, but okay. I'm helping your narrative, Peter, but if you don't want my help, then I'll just shut the fuck up. <laughs> you own cars, dude. That's all I'm saying. 
I'll go. Yeah, I do. It's a Pixar movie. Yeah, I know. Disney pays. Disney pays the bills, guys. I'm not, <laughs> I, do I have to say it so many times? I know. I know. I know. Um. Oh. Uh. There's. I. I. I had mentioned to you guys that this was like the aliens to the to to Stranger Things one alien, and I think yeah. that's because. Um. The first one was more like suspenseful horror with this was so much more action this was more suspenseful action the the way aliens changes that up compared to alien i think that's the way with the demodogs yeah uh which i i thought was really well done i loved the climax like i love the i love the scene where hopper and uh and 11 are in that lift oh my god uh, that was no that was the moment that was the moment for so many reasons that are colliding at the exact same time. Millie and David sold that completely. But more than just that, you can really tell how much more of a budget they had. The visual effects for that particular moment were cinematic. Yeah, and honestly. And especially... Uh, this whole like show the, is not cinematic. Only, not only that, the cinematography... Like, like Star Wars Rebels. Like Go the, continue, Kyle. Like the light. Uh, uh, you guys get into your little squabbles when I'm not here, all right? I'm ready for round three. Oh, my God. <laughs> here we go. Here we go. Um, when Fuck I, you. The animation, is, the animation is cinematic, okay? It is. Continue. <laughs> it is. It's made on a cinematic level. It's made on a Disney XD level. But no, okay. it's a cinematic level. Um, anyway... Uh, like the lighting that uh, that Fuck was. Fuck you! You like Suicide Squad. That was on. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm, it's late. Um, you took forever to come back. I'm I'm sorry. Um, well, Facebook uh, showed me uh, a, th- a small loan of a million dollars, but that's just me. Um, I I I think I can that- take you out. Of, I can take you out to get furniture if you want. Oh yeah, okay. That'll be that'll be pretty good. Um, we can get Paul Manafort on the way, probably a little bit free. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, like the lighting was really good. Like when uh, y- you see uh, Eleven's eyes and it's like all bloodshot and stuff like that from a uh, from her full uh, her full like power, and she was actually fucking levitating, and that was pretty badass. That, um, that was an amazing moment. That's where it's that, that was a moment of a standing ovation. Yeah. Really. So that whole that whole bit was pretty good. I love uh, I love how they were. Uh, I like how they were all battling simultaneously. It was a group effort, and I love that. Um, Can I say then, though? Uh, I don't want what? this to turn into a superhero show. I don't think anybody here wants that. No. And I think that's why you, the fear of an X Men reject. Spinoff thing No one wants that Just to be clear here And I think That would kind of That would single-handedly Destroy the show The adventure mystery Is what is the heart Of the show I think And then the inter-character Relationships That's what Stranger Things is And then these sudden Bursts of like Action or, Or horror That That's what really Gives it its flavor And I And I don't want it to go Down a different road I guess Peter Peter, this question is specifically for you. Okay. Oh God. Um, are 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 you at least 
a little bit more interested in a uh, David Harbour Hellboy. No. He never okay. will be. As okay. long as, uh, if they if screwed Guillermo del Toro. They screwed him, and I will never forgive that. Well, he can was I never going to make it. He was never going to make it. He was he never going to make it. it. He was no, totally he wouldn't. Make it. Yes, he would. No, he wasn't. He yes, wasn't. he was. Like when? Like when? In the next two hundred years? He no. He was having meetings with them, and they wouldn't let him make the movie the way he wanted to make it. They're like he had active meetings, but they wouldn't give him the money. It, that yeah, that, that's, that's the that's point. The problem. Because they're like, we'll just do it cheap and we'll give it, we'll reboot it. You know what he should have done? He'd gone to Netflix, but apparently, like, he doesn't own the rights to the franchise. Apparently, no, he doesn't own um, it. That's why. But here, but here's the he thing: he should though. have went to Frank Miller. Frank Miller doesn't own it either. So, by the way, that Pacific Trim, uh, whatever thing Pacific trailer Rim. was not good. It's not a good trailer, guys. It's it, he it's didn't direct poorly, that. He didn't. No. Who did? Uh, he 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 only he only did the first Pacific Rim. He did, he's not doing I the sequel. It, oh, I thought. Well, I'm not I'm not saying that that the I'm not saying that the movie's gonna be bad. I'm saying that the way that that trailer was constructed was terrible. I liked it. It's not a good. It's not a good trailer. There was like there's these random bursts of yeah, that's how you do it, and then there's like robots fighting and like it, it, it's just inconsistent. But were they and in disguise the, though? The fact that I had to go, I, that I had go to with. sit through that in both of my viewings of Ragnarok was annoying. I was like, oh god, can you please? It's a fun this? trailer. It shows exactly what it is. Um. Anyway, it could have been made better. Final thoughts on Stranger Things too. I, liked I thought it, it was phenomenal. I liked phenomenal. It's great. Loved it. Okay, great, everybody. Now, that was our show. Uh, check out everything Three hours else on, later. On, yeah, uh, literally. On uh, podcast.com and check out uh, everything on iTunes.com. Our schedule goes as follows. Uh, to the table every Wednesday. Uh, new Fantasy Fair up every Friday. And then we also have uh, room for something special every Saturday. And then we get to the main podcast on Sunday. So, without further ado, I'm Kyle Lira. And uh, with me, I have Peter Martinez and Alexis Soto, uh, Tori Kelly, and Kermit the Frog. Take it away. Why are there so many songs about rainbows? And what's on the other side? Rainbows are visions, but only illusions. And rainbows have nothing to hide. So we've been told, and some choose to believe it. But I know they're wrong, wait and see. Someday we'll find it, the rainbow connection. The lovers, the dreamers, and me. Wow, I wish I could sing like you. (laughs) Who said that would be heard and answered and wished on the morning star well you know somebody just thought of that and someone believed it and look what it's done so far you know what's so 
the lovers, the dreamers, and me. All of us under its spell, we know that it's probably magic. Have you been half asleep, and have you heard voices? I've heard them calling my name. Calls the young sailor. The voice might be one and the same. I've heard it too many times to ignore it. Something that I'm supposed to be. No. Someday we'll find it. The rainbow connection. The lover.